Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod, brought to you as usual by our good friends at Guinness. Lots of people have been letting us know where they want us to take our live shows next season across the UK. Uh, so if you haven't already done so, get on to eventbrite.co.uk and search for the Rugby Pod to let us know where you want us to come next season. And we'll get to everyone uh, this week that are going to the depot in Cardiff and Flatiron Square in London for two great nights, two great live shows coming up this week. Uh, and thanks to Guinness again for helping us put these on. Jim and Good are with me as usual. How are you, boys? Yeah, we're good. How are you, Andy Rowe? I'm good. Big weekend. Exercising. Yeah, what? Exercising, yeah. It's um, it's something that, What's that people do. Signed up for the London Marathon. So I was doing hill sprints on Saturday out at Richmond. Hill oh. sprints mm-hmm. in training for London Marathon? Mm-hmm. Then, I mean, I don't want to state the obvious. You ain't going to be sprinting in the London Marathon, pal. Goody, what's happened to your training, by the way? You had this thing at the beginning of the year, New Year's resolution to yeah, lose. Yeah, I've not been to the gym yet this year. You, why? I what's happened to the training? I, I keep saying to myself, I need to get back on that bike and get back in the gym. So, over the next six months, I will get back in the gym. Really? Yeah, six months. Give me a down. It's tough, mate. It's so busy. So many events. So much work. Don't make excuses. I was in Wales last week. Thanks oh, for yeah. asking how my week was. Um, I was in Cardiff, but, and also Port Talbot, which is home a friend of the show, James Hook, doing a feature for Rugby Pass there. Loved it. Yep. Loved it. We're flying the drone over the industrial estate, the mines. They ain't happy. They ain't happy, They man. ain't happy. I'm just pretending I'm German. Oh, das ist das Sprache die Deutschen, uh, die Kuketaschen des Laschen. And so. how was Hooky? Tanned up? No. No. I had this chat with him. He didn't have the spray tan on. Well, he said that the spray tan came naturally from the coal mines. He said, basically, <laughs> he spent a load of, I know. That's what I said. I was in Port Talbot. Now, you don't want to stereotype Welsh people because I absolutely love Welsh people. You're Welsh, Goody. I don't tell people. Quarter Welsh, I am. Quarter Welsh. They're different Welsh people, aren't they? They, Yes. Yes, they are. They love a tattoo, a tribal tattoo or Maori tattoo, even though they're not in a tribe and they've never been to New Zealand. Anyway, I like cool tattoos, right? So I'm walking around Wales. I'm driving around, speaking in German, multilingual, and I... I'm looking at these tats. Did you have Das Boots on as well? Oh, I mean, I, look at the state of them. Wow. <laughs> the Wooty Scootons on as well. Mate, I'm German yeah. with the white socks. Uh, I do like Wales. I do like it. Did it rain? Of course. Yeah, of course it did. Of course it did. There is three things that the Welsh love though. Sheep. Well, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say three T's. Tats, tan and teeth. Tobacco. Oh, teeth. Oh, yeah. well, they get their teeth done a lot, don't they? Maybe I need to get some B4. I mean, yeah, those, they're natural they're, though. They're brown four there, aren't they? They're not brown. Well, maybe that's what B4 stands for. Brown four you've got. Oh, brown I've got four brown. teeth. Yeah, I try to teach the twins this, so I try and joke with the twins. I'm like, what colour are mummy's teeth? Brown. <laughs> I, so I try and say brown. They're like white. They have a massive argument. I'm like, no, 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 they're yellow. I'm speaking to my kids like this. I've got a real conscious now about my teeth. So whenever I speak to people, I have to speak like this. They're looking at my teeth because they're B4. <laughs> You were getting woken up early by your kids over the weekend, weren't you? Oh, my what goodness. A, what a difference our lives are, eh? My goodness. So, Goody tweets out a picture. Of course he does. He only puts his good life on there. He doesn't show the constipation that he has and the stomach cramps every day. <laughs> it's good, Matt. So, hey, I ain't, I ain't constipated. I'm on that pan three or four times a day, boys. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you are. So, Goody posts pictures of the twins lying until half nine. Pablo's put them to bed, full belly, full of Italian food and whatever else that they want. And I posted a video on social media of... What my life is like, not at 9.30 in the morning, try 6.30 in the morning. You've done so a whole, by 9.30 in the morning, you've done a whole day pretty I much, am absolutely you? buggered by that time. So for the millions of listeners out there who don't follow me on Twitter, at Jim Hamilton 4, this is the noise that I woke up to the other morning at half six in the morning.
Oh, yeah, so, so that's mate. Death breath at half six in the morning. That's Phoebe with a violin, and she's playing Bar Bar Black Sheep. While Max, one of the twins, is walking around with a Nerf gun, shooting bullets at my face. Your kids love you, don't they? Mate, I have no idea. <laughs> After that, I've not spoke to him. I didn't speak to him for a week. So, but I can play the trumpet anyway. So Phoebe's playing the violin, and I'm doing. The wife loves us. We're so uh, musicy, or whatever they call it. Mm. Musical. Musical. Goody, your weekend? Uh, yeah, no, I didn't work at the weekend, actually. So Sat- you could have trained. Saturday and Sunday off. A lot of family time. Uh, Mrs. Surprise birthday party, dinner out Saturday night. Oh, I missed it. Sorry, I couldn't be there. Well, it was mainly her friends, to be honest. Oh, was it? Yeah. What are her friends like? Do you get on with them? Yeah. They're good people. You said it very quick, which means no. No, no, I generally do. You so uh, her best friend, is, she was part of the nannying circle for a while with us looking after the girls no shit they're, they're, uh, friends are good fun so we had a good night and then it's the whole thing you get home and you've been out well, I don't know why you're looking at me I don't go out you're thinking Sunday morning <laughs> <laughs> you're just thinking please girls please just just don't get up early and then when you wake up before the kids you know it's good don't you is Pablo lying on the floor or not? I'm is like, he lying I'm on the like, floor with the caterpillar book in his hand or keep not? keep those kids quiet before 9.30 and then you, it gets to like 9, 9.15 and then you're like don't go and check on them. Check they're all right. We've got the monitor and all that stuff. And in you go. And there's Olivia with a bucked up nose snoring her head off. I hate you. <laughs> it was a good weekend for wasps as well, Goody, wasn't it? Oh, mate. Two from two over the last couple of weeks. Two five pointers. Jim laughed at me and thought I was joking when I said wasps top four. Hey, it's I might name my ruggers. But it's, it's happening. It, to be fair, you could literally say anyone but Leicester are top four now, can't you? And Saracens, obviously. But yeah, so it's, the, the league's mad this year, isn't it? I can't believe, cannot believe wasps are sixth. Hey, Andy Gooseweet, Jim turns up, give him a rallying speech. I thought it was an arousing speech. Was it? Was it well, you, well, you choose. Which one is it? Arousing? I'd say a rallying speech. A rallying. Because last, last year you said... You, you no, Carol Vorderman weren't there, so I gave them a rallying speech. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't there that day. And um, now look, they are sick and fully deserved as well. Oh, so you're now claiming the fact that you came to my suite. Positivity is a good thing, Andrew. But you've never been positive about Wasps. I have. I went there and said, you're going to win today against Harry's. You did, actually. But it's like anything, you know, obviously there's been a change and I haven't really read people say, oh, now Dottie's left there winning. It's not like that at all. Obviously, you, you always see some sort of positivity around the place uh, when a manager changes or a head coach changes for the main part, although Leicester didn't really last year, did they? Um, the big thing is Gopeth coming back. Yeah, Gopeth and Fekatoa. Dan Robson ripped it up on yep. Sunday. You watch one of the tries, he puts a little chip in around a breakdown. And Jacob Umaga, out of nowhere, scores a hell of a try. He's got a tattoo. He's got a Mary background, hasn't he? Mate, he's from, he's from, he's from Cov. Samoan Joe's. Mate, he has, mate. Maybe that's tattooed on his leg. No, it's his arm. His Story arm. for you from the weekend, though. What? Oh, I know. I, I, get, know. A, I get a missed call at half one in the morning. Me too. And uh, it's from a friend of mine who is part w- of the Wasps, Wasps organisation. So we can't name dropping because it's unprofessional. Yeah, again, we should yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I messaged him the next morning. He's like, "I said, mate, miss call." He's like, "Yeah, mate, I was in Samoan Joe's with Kelly Brown. Kelly Brun tops off." He wow. said, uh, "We want to sing for you." So uh, I missed that one. Thank God. Kelly Brown was in Samoan Joe's off our recommendation. Tops off with his leather jacket on over the top. But I, I said to him, "How are you feeling the next day?" And he said, "Basically, I'm frowning that much. The eyebrows are touching each other." <laughs> <laughs> He's got some eyebrows as well. He has, he? mate. He hasn't shaved him for a while, mate. He's getting on a bit. He yeah. don't need to. And Leicester had a win at home as well. It wasn't pretty, though, was it? Oh, Worcester are their bogey. Their bogey team as well, aren't they? So, 
I mean, I don't know. I watched Worcester's first try and genuinely, I don't want to be horrible, love Dunkey Weir and fair play to Worcester. This year, they've put in some really good performances, but you've got a soft try and then you've got, literally, they've put the ball out the bat three times and they've effectively walked in. So I know George Worth is normally a 15. He was playing at 13 that game and um, basically, I think he thought he was playing touch with his sister in the garden. Why are you being so, horrible? Mate, Leicester won. They did win. They're still uh, 11th on 20 points, but... Mate, I don't really know what else to say. I, I want Leicester to do well. They've made some big signings this week. Literally. Literally. The biggest signing you can make. Of course. Nandolo. Yeah. So the future looks more positive for them. Speaking of Nadolo, uh, DF Logie has tweeted, thoughts on Nadolo joining Leicester? How much difference will he make? We did a feature on Rippy Pass on Nadolo. Lovely, lovely bloke. Great backstory and... He is the size of a G unit forward. He's massive. And I think you look at what Northampton have done with Nia Voro, and they've maybe set a precedent by bringing in a big winger. Let's not forget, Nadolo can kick as well. He can kick Z balls. Lefty. Is he a lefty, is he? Off the tee. He's size 18, slippers. So he's a proper signing. Are his best years behind him? Just asking the question. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. You're saying he's 32 and he's past it. That's what you're saying. I'm just asking. You tackle him. My point being, I hope he turns up to Leicester fit. Because he's a big bloke and he needs to be fit. But it's a big statement for him to move over in France. They love him at Montpellier. He's carved up the top 14 for a few years. And uh, it is a big signing for less. They need to do something. Yeah. I, you know, he's, an, he's a great bloke. I message him every now and again on, on socials. He, he'll put it in if he stays fit. And my God, you don't want to tackle him. Yeah. And the game's going big power game, isn't it? You've seen what the most successful teams are doing. And supposedly a good big one's better than a good little one. I get it. Who, who would you rather tackle? Actually, you, you couldn't tackle anyone. I've seen some of your highlights. But you can, your highlights on, you know, I did this the other day on YouTube. So you do see like highlight and then you see all these videos popping up mm. of you just missing tackles. There was one on, on Twitter the other day. It wasn't a missed tackle. It was Johnny Wilkinson going for a drop goal and you're just watching it sail over the bar. I didn't even try and charge him down, mate. mate I had a mullet, mate. So I won't get it, was I? <laughs> well, I'm glad I didn't charge you down. I had a mullet back then okay. and then you sent me one against Italy and I had cramp after eight minutes. <laughs> couldn't run <laughs> oh my god I'm looking back at clips I'm just not going to do it again I just want the one of me absolutely obliterating George North ripping the ball and standing over him like Razor Ramon um, I want that one out there yeah but let's go back to Leicester um, so you look at the back of their team and their backs they should be so much better they really should you've got George well, you've got your starting 10 you've got mock, 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 on the wing you've got Manu Tuolangi you've got arguably some of the best players Young's at 9 when he's on form you've got arguably some of the best players in the league and they're 11th. So we don't want to keep being horrible. They beat Worcester, which is a big thing for, for them. And they've got 20 points and Worcester are on 21 above them. So the race is on for 10th and 11th, is it? I mean, they seem to be like they're left behind now, don't they? And Gloucester as well. My word. They've fallen, fallen badly at the oh. minute, haven't they? What's happened? I don't think Cipriani's playing as well, unfortunately. I, I think last year he was amazing. We've all seen the stuff on social media. Maybe he's battling with a few things at the minute well not maybe he said he has so and he says he is so it's a tough time for him and I think the effect that he had on the Gloucester team last year desperate to go to the World Cup he was absolutely amazing but I think also the thing is is teams know a little bit around what Gloucester are going to do now and how to defend against Cipriani he's seen defences come up really hard they're gambling a little bit on the outside and the conditions against Sale it was wet Cipriani we know 
isn't going to shine necessarily in the wet. I, d- I don't know because they've got some brilliant players. They really have. Is line out struggled, hasn't it? Yeah, I was going. You know, that's what I was going to so say. When, I was gonna, when you're going to launch, and you, you know, the way Cipriani attacks and the way they look to play. You need to be able to launch off lineouts as well because you get into that shape. Otherwise, you're playing off scraps, and then it, and then it's harder to get into shape off scraps, isn't it? You're relying on some brilliance, and so. that's the, yeah. Well, well, the lineout is a big thing. Like you just said, where you launch off. So you're just thinking with the World Cup season with Mostart being away. Ed Slater broke his foot earlier in the season. So, you know, you've got your second rows coming in and out. You've got Jake Paledri. He's away with Italy the weeks before. So you're starting to look at your very best players. The game before against Exeter, their discipline was poor. You know, the line-out wasn't great this week. It's just a number of things. And then the Cipriani thing on top. They shouldn't be ninth. I thought they'd be top four this yeah. season. They shouldn't uh, be ninth. Uh, and the thing with it is, that's the beauty of the Premiership this year. There's a bit on BT Sport at the weekend where they were kind of saying to Quinns and Guzzi, oh, you know, is this sort of last chance I'm like halfway through the season but they won Europe on Saturday <laughs> well okay but that's the thing you know Gloucester have lost four on the spin and have dropped down to ninth I think you win a couple like Wasps were right down there a couple of weeks back they've got two five pointers on the spin at home to say I can't believe it away to Irish they're now sixth six. and they're, they're three points away from so there's a, so much movement that's still going to happen and I think the beauty of the Prem this year is all those teams can beat each other, can't they? Gloucester come to Wasps on Saturday um, at the Mighty Rico and the Andy Good suite will be absolutely rampacked. But will Vorderman be there or not? I didn't see her. No, she'll be at England Wales. Oh, well, she, yeah, of course yeah, she will. Yeah. But what we should do is tip the slipper to sale because yeah. I tipped them for top four. So I'm tipping the same slipper well, to them. That's a big old airy boot, mate. I don't know what it that is. It has, mate. But the brothers that they have... The De Prier boys. My word. How good. Very. They suit... Northern Hemisphere rugby, the way they're playing. Exactly right. So Luke, Luke de Jarg is now fit. I think he's back in the mix. Oh, my word. He's good, isn't he? Yeah, mate, they've got some players, haven't they? Why is Ashley leaving Sale? I mean, well, just, that's the thing, isn't it? What, what, yeah, what's, what's the thing? Happened? What's the thing? Well, he's left, hasn't he? He's, Why? You know, it's been announced today that they've agreed by mutual consent to terminate his contract early. Well, I've, because, I've been, because, Lu, because Lou Diego's fit? Well, I don't why? Know. Are, you, are you talking salary cap? No, no, I was just asking the questions. You know all about the salary cap. Oh, no, I know about the Saracens. Why, what yeah. is your pause? No, I know about the Saracens. Oh, I'm just asking then about the sale thing. The, sa- the sale one, Steve Diamond said they spent, they've, this is the first year they've spent up to the salary cap. So why is Chris Ashton leaving mid-season? Who knows? He knows. I think, it, I think it's HMRC. I think they're on to him now about the... Well, the I, mess- I messaged him actually. And uh, and I said, uh, mate, you'll have more clubs than me by the end of your career. And I had a lot. And he's come back with smiley face, smiley face. And I've gone, what's the story then? Quinn's question mark? Really? Question mark? Or is it the inland revenue chasing you? And he's put none of the above. He's mm. a liar then. He's a liar. So that's and it. And he's a manipulator. <clears throat> so if he goes to Quinn's, we know that Chris Ashton tells fibs. So then... I think it's both them reasons. That opens up a whole can of worms. If you're fibbing to me, Chris, who else are you fibbing to? Your wife? What, what do you mean his wife? What do you mean? Jim. You can't. No. If you're fibbing to Andy Good, you, that means you're fibbing to everyone. Oh, I know. It's, you know, it's interesting, Nick, because that report came out not so long ago that tipped it over the edge it was his house deal that hold on Sale sent the money to Saracens to pay for apparently of course but then they've come to a mutual consent agreement to terminate his contract early. Uh, there's the, more the, in this the, than the, there's being let out at the minute what is it it's got three three year deal and part of the deal and we saw that because it, an article was published you know there was part of the deal where they paid Saracens yeah. that big lump sum yeah. so but surely that for them would be value over the three years as opposed to one yeah he definitely had two more what, years in his deal, what, what, didn't he? You, I don't... Well, I think he doesn't like North because it rains so much. But he's from Wigan. Well, he's a hard lad. He did tell me he bought a whole street of houses in Wigan that he could only buy a garage for in Arpenden. Though. I, don't, I don't know how he knows about the property ladder. You know he's got a oh, tattoo N- on his N- bum? Yeah. No. It's a really, really good one. 
really detailed, and it says made in Wigan. Yeah. How much detail can you get into made in Wigan? Exactly. That's the point of the, oh, the, okay. the, the comment. But it is interesting. I mean, more will come of this. But as a Saracens stalwart, as you say, Jim. Yes. That's him, not you, but you as well. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. You are. You are. Uh, how dirty would you be if you went and played for Quinns? Because you hate Quinns. I don't hate Quinns. I don't hate Quinns. Hate's a strong word. Okay. You dislike Quinns. As a player. As a player, I did. And the way that they were goading around the salary cap. Yes, I do like a few players at Quinns. Adam Jones is the coach. Love him. I really like Guzzi as well. Nick Evans as well. There's a few people that I like. Just say some more names. Let me think. Joe Marler. We're friends now. So why are you always horrible to him then? It's just, it's, it's, I, I hate him. (laughs) <laughs> well, we'll talk more about Quinn shortly. Let's uh, let's stick on the Premiership and uh, Northampton. Four losses in a row now. What's happened to them? Mate, he needs to start eating the bogeys. He's consciously not eating them. He's got to eat them. Sam Vester, get your finger up your nose again. And whip them boggers out. Yeah. Maybe not now with the coronavirus that's knocking them yeah. out. But yeah, you've got to be careful. Yeah. Saracens have been a bogey team for them, haven't they? When you talk about bogeys. <laughs> oh, literally, yes. they have been because they put... 50 on them about five times on the spin, didn't they? Yeah. Over the last 18 months. So whether it's some sort of hoodoo there, whether, you know, Kobus Reinach got Kobus Reinach. He did. How many times has he intercepted from the back of the line out? And then he gives it to Ben Earl. Oh, my wheels. He's rapido. I mean, Eddie, pick him on the wing. Oh, no, Eddie, don't be an idiot. What about Matt Carley, referring? Poor bloke. So he's having to deal with the yellow cards. And Niavoro goes for, uh, similar to what uh, Willemsen did for yeah. France against Wales. The outcome? Yellow card. So go. Matt Carley was just like, right, going through this again. Just, <laughs> hey, just, just get, get him off. Just, just get, get him off. So Niavora goes off as well. And uh, fair play to Saracens. Wiggy made one of the most unbelievable tribe-saving tackles. You talk about wheels. Hard Nordner. It shows the endeavour they've got because it was a youngish team. Playing Nick Tomkins played. He was brilliant. Lewington you, came you, into his own. You've got an obsession with Nick Tomkins. I think you? he's. I think he's so good. Has he got the same pictures that I've got on you? And he said, talk me up on the podcast or... I will release the picture. You know me and Nick Tompkins, right? You would not believe. There's a story in this, isn't there? Me and him had a proper argument once in the gym. Was he lifted more than you and called you spaghetti arms? Well, I was telling him to get deeper in the squat, basically. Okay. And uh, he wouldn't do it. He, he did not show me respect. And I said to him, do you realise I was the vice captain of Scotland? If I tell you to do something, <laughs> you do it. But we might get him on and talk about it. We had a heated discussion once in the gym where we both went away and we thought about each other's views. And now look at him. So Nip Tompkins is now going through the roof in terms of his abilities and he's playing international rugby and that's because you had an argument with him in the gym about four years ago and now Wasserb won a couple back-to-back. That's because you came to the Andy Goods. Well, you're saying it. I'm not saying these things. You are. are. I'm not not saying these things, but I think that Nick is a fantastic addition. One big talking point is me old Bigaroo. Bigaroo. Oh, my knee. Horrible. He still caught the ball. Straight leg, wouldn't it? His signature move. His signature move, yeah. uh, catching the high ball, regather, and just landed awkwardly. And a lot of people are talking about this, about him playing in the fallow weeks. There's a lot of debate, isn't there? Nick Tompkins goes back to play for Saracens. Jake Paledri goes back. And you look at Leicester, Genji's nowhere to be seen. And he's played hardly anything, really, in the grand scheme of things, compared to Bigger. And he goes off with an injury. And if you're Wales, you're gutted. But I've been in that position before. You sign the big bucks, mate. You, that's what you're signing up to. We, we've had this debate, haven't we? We had it last year about Laidlaw. Mm. When, when you sign your contract with wherever you play, so if you're English, if you sign your contract in France and want to go and play there, you know you can't play for England. And these players, you, you can't then say, oh, it's not fair. You know, they shouldn't have to go back and play. But, you know, I, I was part of it. When I, I was playing the Six Nations and I was playing in Breve, I'd have to go back and play for Breve in between. We played Dax away. I was like, 
do you reckon I wanted to play Dax away? <laughs> <laughs> like in the middle of the Six Nations when I know I'm starting the next week. It's But, you know, I played Castaway before the first oh, game. Oh, I see what you've done. Tom Hanks movie, yeah. what a movie. Yeah, but that was the week before the first game and I knew I was starting for England. Do you reckon my shirt got dirty that day or what? Do you reckon I made any tackles or took the ball to the line at all? It's horrible, but I understood that you, you take the bucks and the euros or you take the sterling, whichever currency you're taking, you know the goalpost when you sign there. But the flip side to that... Flip it. I think the nature of the game, of where Test Match Rugby is, you need time off. So whether that is contractually and, I don't know, the IRB or someone else pays Northampton... But there needs to be something in there that says he can't play because it's it's just player welfare. But that, I just think that... Uh, no, I a, agree. The, the welfare argument is there. There you go. Without a shadow of a I doubt. I just want people looked after, Andrew. Yeah. Bristol, how good are they going? Do they look like a championship team yet or is it... Mate, I watched Sheedy. Because good, mate, much, uh, Very good. Because uh, you talked him up an absolute slipper. So Told I thought, you. I need, I need to look at this lad. What about his crossfield goer? After the show and go. Mate... I mean, socks. pull your socks up first. No, no, That's you don't the, need to. Oh, no, I'm you thinking. don't need to. If you've got great calves like my good self, you keep them down. You keep them down. Or you didn't have big enough calves like your good self to hold the socks up. I thought that's why you... God, maybe that was the yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Sheedy's good. Mm. Um, and the, yeah, listen, Jordan Crane's still playing rugby. I thought he'd retired. <laughs> so did I. I thought he'd retired me old belly. <laughs> um, yeah, but they put Park Nathan Hughes on the bench and started Crane. And uh, yeah, no, Sheedy's good. I was looking through the Bristol's team and... Are they a championship winning team? On paper, I don't think they are. All right, you've got Charles Piatow. Now, how good is he? You've got Lua Tua, who, for me, fronts up every single week. Yeah. So he's worth his weight in gold. He looks about 45, though, doesn't he? My word, he probably is. He's not. He's, he's not. He's like in his 20s. No, he? he's not. He ain't in his 20s. If he's in his 20s, I'm in my teens. There's not a chance <laughs> he is in his 20s. Lua Tua, 28. Not a chance. It's 20. All right, it says he's 28. Yeah. He looks about fifty. We'll, we'll call it fifty-six. Now. It's like the it's like uh, Sarah Rambini, the late Sarah Rambini. I asked him how old he was what every time. He, he was, was like twenty-one. But when you look at the profile of Bristol's team, you're actually thinking maybe. And you know what they've got? Maybe. They've, they've got some real. I don't really want to know. They've got a Bristol heartbeat in them. They've got a bear in them. <laughs> it's Bristol bareback. It <laughs> is serious? beating. It is beating rapidly. They have Joe Joyce. I'm telling you now. If there's a man from Bristol, he lives under the bridge in Bristol. If that is in Bristol, he's that Bristoler. He's a bab, isn't he? What is he, a Bristoler? A Bristolian. Bristolian, that's the one, he's a Bristoler. We call him a Bristoler, it sounds like. A Bristolzer. Yeah. Bristols. Um, Love it. But in answer to your question, it might be difficult for them this year, but you never know. I think next year is their year. But this is the thing, though. Everyone's sort of now thinking, we got a chance. Uh, and it, it's going to boil down to two games in the year semi and final. Now, Exeter are the big favourites. And with that big favourites tag comes a different pressure within the group. And then you see at the weekend, Quinns won the league, won the European Cup, won, won the lot, didn't they? Man, it was the biggest game. Biggest game. So mate. everyone thinks they got a chance. Yeah. Let's talk about that Quinns game. What did, what did you guys make of the um, refereeing decisions? At the oh, end? my Christoph Ridley. Like, Poor bloke. Yeah. I actually feel sorry for him. Yeah. But Wayne Barnes is brilliant. Everyone makes mistakes. You know, I go to the the fridge every day make loads of mistakes pick out things I shouldn't be eating go to the freezer instead for the ice cream so I do that as well just take the oat milk yeah you don't need to take the the ice cream the the blue top yeah blue top's alright blue top's better for you no is it okay Um, yeah I mean we've got to talk about it because without a shadow of a doubt that's a completely wrong decision. And I just I don't know how he's given it. I, I I don't want to be horrible. And it's interesting when you heard Wayne Barnes talk about it yesterday on BT Sport. So the process that a referee is meant to go by, as soon as a scrum pops up, 
you meant to blow your whistle, but the ball was at the back of the scrum and apparently Christoph Ridley lost sight of the ball. Danny Kerr gets it out. The ball goes over the top to Ibitoy and it's definitely a try. Match winner there. And he's like, sorry, sorry. And you can just see Guzzy raging. Guzzy's new hair. He's sweating as well. He's sweating as well. Sweating under that hat, but his hair's come through, hasn't it? Mm. And then you're thinking the pressure's ramping up and he's thinking, give a penalty try, get in the showers. Let's get in the car. I don't know if he was thinking that. No, I don't think he was thinking like that. But clearly, that's never a penalty try. So it's got to be playing on his mind that... You reckon, yeah. Yeah, 100% it's playing Mm. on his mind that he knows he's probably blown up early. Could have played an advantage. He's going to get questioned if Exeter win the game. You know, these things, you don't know, but these things must have been going through his mind. Or did you see Christoph Ridley went to the change room straight after and spoke to Rob Baxter? Yeah. And he said to him, he said, look, you know, we all make mistakes. We need to look at ourselves. Yeah. I think, you know, what a man. But what happens if that's a relegation battle? I oh, know he can't because Saracens are relegated, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's easy like, to say in that context. And, you know, Barnsley, who spoke, I tweeted it, and I love Barnsley, apart from when he simbed me against Argentina, having been on the field for 20 seconds. Apart from that and his clothes and the fact that he is thinning slightly, I actually really, really enjoy listening to him. Yeah. We've, we've done a couple of events with him as yeah. well. And I think from a fan's point of view, to have him explain that, and to be able to humanise referees because ultimately they're the ones that get booed, jeered, social media, not many of them on social media. I, th- I just think it, I think it's really important that that's out there. Is there anyone that thinks that's a penalty try? Well, Jim, we may have someone that thinks it was a penalty try. Yeah, well, we can talk to someone that was in the thick of it at Quinns over the weekend and someone who can also talk to us about the Guinness Six Nations, especially the England v Wales match. Quinns scrum coach and Wales legend Adam Jones joins us now. How are you, mate? I'm very good. How are you? Very good, mate. Set the scene, mate, because it sounds like you're are you on holiday. You're sunbathing in Dubai after that win at the weekend. Where where are you now? I'm just about to get on the M4 uh, eastbound, just coming from Merthyr Tydfil in Wales. Just on the way to the Clifton Rugby Club to watch the Quinns Bristol Shield game. Oh, mate, oh. you are at the coalface, aren't you? You are literally grafting your way to the top. Yeah, mate. I go, I'm starting a bacon sandwich, pack of crisps. Pepsi Max, way to go. <laughs> Other drinks are available. I prefer Coke Zero Cherry, but there we go. Uh, mate, so game on Saturday, obviously a brilliant finish. You're saying you come from Merthyr Tidville, so I'm presuming you got straight in the car after the game and, and went back to the family back in Wales, or uh, what happens in your life these days? Well, yeah, pretty much we finished the game, waited for the game to download, had some food. Uh, yeah, got back on the M4, back to Wales, got back nine. Mate, I love Wales. I was in Wales on Thursday, actually. I was in Port Talbot with Hooky. What's Port Talbot like? I mean, it was very smoky. When I was there. Uh, yeah, well, it's not so I've got, I actually lived there for six years. How yeah, was it? It's, um, it's, oh, it's nice enough, but it's, it's got a beach. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a beach. Mate, it's got a beach with nappies on. That's all I know. Dirty yeah. nappies, I'm not. I, I really enjoyed it. Mate, let's get into it because there's a lot of talk around the weekend's game, naturally. And yeah. I know you're going to be very pleased because you absolutely, well, as a team, decimated the extra scrum. But there was a big talking point at the end of the game. So we may as well talk about that now straight away. As a scrum coach and as a man who knows what it's like to be in a scrum, if you were an Exeter player, would you have agreed with that? Well, you wouldn't have agreed with it. Do you think it was a penalty try, yes or no? Well, obviously, yes. For the uh, the dominance of the game, I appreciate there's you know there's the argument that it wasn't going to definitely be a try going to be scored. But for me, at the, at the end of the, we went square, then their loose head went in an angle, so it's a penalty again. I'm obviously biased because it's my scrum, but um, you know I texted Goody the other day. You know I've been involved in scrums when they're not necessarily going forward, but if you have five six penalties in and around it, so, well I think we had ten in the whole game. You know it was is a certain um, it's a point it gets to where they, they give a penalty try whether it's left of the law or not 
So you're 100% saying it was a penalty try. As we've disagreed over text, Jonesy. But it's, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. You know a lot more about scrums than me, even though I reckon... I I'd, do indeed. I do indeed. You do. We've got the same body shape, though, so I reckon I might give it a go in my true. next life. Sounds like, mate, you're getting a pay rise from Paul Gustard then for all your work at the weekend. Um, it's, uh, look, if you watch the big game when Leicester played as league, you know, they shoved us all around the park for the most part. So, uh, you know, uh, one thing you learn is a prop and, you know, you never can take anything but for granted. And definitely don't get too excited. Start giving it a big one after a good scrum because you, uh, you know, you can have your head shoved up your ass next scrum. So it's, uh, yeah, I'll try to keep my feet on the ground and uh, try to keep the boys' feet. But no, it's nice to have a bit of confidence. Nice to do that to Exeter, who I think they've won the most penalties in the league, you know, for, on their own ball in the scrum. And, you know, we did a pretty good job um, looking after that. But I can hear your passion as well talking about the scrum and I think naturally you've, you're at the coalface for many years and world class in that position. I think there's ooh, there was an element of the importance of the scrum coming into question. You saw the World Cup final actually it highlighted how important the scrum was or the scrum is. Yeah. So someone who is in that role as a, a, a scrum coach a, a, as part of your role how important is the scrum? Do you, do you think it's got longevity? Oh, yeah, I think so. I think it's. Um, I think you see the atmosphere in the last five minutes of the game. I look, I get, I appreciate sometimes. You know, there's resets and all this type of stuff, and it takes a while. But you know, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in just stop the clock. Then, if there's if there's reset, stop the clock. Then the scrum is going against. You're not losing actually any. You're not losing any time. But um, I think that's just amazing about rugby. It gives people like me. You know, a chance to play gym, you know, six or eight, six or seven. You know, you're not going to be, I'm sure you weren't going to play um, soccer or football or whatever, but, you know, it's, it gives, it's all shapes and sizes. And, you know, once you can get that all working in one direction in the scrum, then it's, uh, you know, it's a pretty uh, good thing to so, to do. And uh, we lose the scrum, it goes to rugby league and it's just, uh, it'd be a bit of a shambles, I think. And you mentioned it there, uh, how important it was to the boys after. And I'm taking the piss a little bit when I say it was like you won the, the cup final after. I was having a bit of bant with Hugo as well. You know, the change room shots, the games on TV. But how much did it mean to the club? Because it's been a couple of tough weeks. You know, we've seen Guzzi's hair that's finally starting to knit <laughs> under all the stress. And if you lost that game, it could have been awful. But, look, you know, as a club, there's a bit of pressure on you now because um, you've got an amazing coach in Paul Gustard and, you know, some of the signings you made and are making. How important was that win to kind of keep you in the hunt for top six but ultimately top four. Oh, it's huge you know I think um we don't want to whinge about the injuries because the boys have come in and done a you know done a great job and um you know it's a squad at the end of the day and you've got you've got well as you know being Saracens this uh, you know you've uh, you've got these really deep squads to um you know challenge on all fronts and um I think to be honest I think the celebration was obviously was a big win a lot of emotion and that I think it was a bit you know <laughs> the change room shots were uh, probably more for Lammy I think and uh, you know Obviously, it is top off, so it was a big occasion there as well, and um, it, it doesn't get off very often. But um, no, look, it was it was good for the boys. We we've been, you know, the and the Irish game was poor, and then the Bath game, we you know we um, it was a chance to win, but we didn't quite uh, take it on line. But um, you know, we're trying to get better. You know, as you said, Gez is a great coach. You know, he's he's great to learn off. He's you know, obviously, you both know him really well, and um, you know, he's he's mega intense. But you know, he's you know, he's a good and he's a good laugh. And he wants the boys and the coaches to enjoy as well. So, so um, hopefully, we start uh, picking up now and going in the right direction towards in the season. Well, let's talk about Guzzi and his hair then, because I've had a hair transplant that's worked very well. He's had about four. The first few didn't take. Have you given him some of your hair to then <laughs> to stitch into his head and it's worked? Honest to God, I've got a massive bald spot coming right to the back, so <laughs> I'm just clinging on. <laughs> Mate, interestingly, I've got... There's some, some of these vitamins that you can get from Suns. I'll maybe send you some. Um, I'm taking oh, them. Chuck, Martin's going back. Chuck, chuck it across, but I'm happy days, yeah. I'll take anything at the moment. It's, it's hiding it pretty well because it's long, but no, if you get a certain light, it's... Uh, 
it's not the best, no. Ponytail, mate. I think you go ponytail. That could be the difference, <laughs> mate. Oh, I'd love to see Bomb with a ponytail. <laughs> I've not quite done it. Sean Edwards convinced me to braid my hair once, and I was, uh, yeah, that's probably the extent of it, really. I did see that, actually. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah. does he any banter on his hair? Is he? Uh, has that been rinsed a, a little bit? Do you like the way I said rinsed? Um, so, so the players will, um, yeah, so the, he's pretty um, self-deprecated around it, to be fair. But um, no, look, he's my boss. I'm not going to slag him off. Mate, and you mentioned Sean Edwards there. We should probably talk a little bit about him. I know you're, again, you keep using the cold. Uh, coalface um, analogy but Sean Edwards uh, you work with him there's been a lot of talk about him in recent weeks it is a fallow week but you know when you look at what France have done how much would you put that down to the character of Sean Edwards someone that work, that's worked with him you probably worked with him quite heavily as in being a type 5 yeah. forward he'll, he'll want you and you know if I ever worked with him uh, moving around the field more freely I should say but having worked with Sean Edwards yes. what kind of effect is he having well we were we were kind of always, I was in the Welsh squad for about five or six years at the time. And it was always, do we blitz? Do we drift? And it was never like, you know, it was always uh, different voices wanting to do something. So it was never like a one direction. He came in and said, we're blitzing. We're going to be off the line defence. Get off the line, get in the faces. If you don't want to do it, you can F off sort of thing. So, and I was like, and this is, and this Sean Edwards speaking to you. So, so he's obviously got that little, you know, the fact is that he's, you know, he's obviously um, one of the most decorated rugby league players ever. He did amazing with Wasps. And this type of thing. So he, him, obviously saying it um, resonated very well with us, and it's, it's pretty similar. I think. I think we were pretty. We were on a particularly fit side at the time when they came in. But when Gats and Sean came in, they, um, you know, they worked us hard. Training changed to sort of short and sharp stuff. And and you know, as a front five, he was he was good with the front five. You know, he sort of um, Sean. You, you know, he realised how hard it was for a uh, sort of a right hand, uh, sorry, tight head and a right hand lock to you know get on the field so as long as you just made your tackles and you know got a bit of line speed he was uh you, as long as you could defend then as long as you didn't um you know knew your systems and stuff he was he was pretty good because he um he kind of understood how hard well you think you know he understood how hard it was in there and did you boys understand him because of his northern accent like get off line and smash him did you i mean did the welsh boys get that or not well to be fair that's, that's pretty much all he said so <laughs> <laughs> that's all he says in uh, france as well with t-bag as well <laughs> let's fast forward then to this weekend uh and the game obviously at twickenham england against wales I've, I've got no doubt you'll be there doing some corporate hospitality and enjoying the food in the east stand like like i do but someone that you know very well carl sinclair had a very good game last time up against ireland yep. i know quinn's have lost him for next year he's gone to bristol but how much are you watching him you've been at quinn's now five years coaching him and seeing what he's doing on the international stage and feeling that you've had a big part of that he's a he's a fantastic player and he's um and it's, just, it's nice to see him sort of slowly you can see this maturing now you know he's not getting caught up any of the theatrics anymore so and it's you know and it's nice to see him putting what he's um consistently on a you know a sort of world-class uh, tight dead basis you know uh, he's scrummaging well you know he's you know he does whatever he, you know he can do things you know i could only have dreamt of but you know the small part i've had in this scrum is uh you know and i like I'm, I'm pretty pleased to see how he's transferring you know to test match level and uh he's a great kid and uh you know i miss him a lot because i've you know, spent a lot of time with him over the last five years in uh, london and and he was he was one of the main reasons i uh, i wanted to come up here to um you know help mentor him help mentor like collier marla these look at these type of guys and uh you know i always um give him a text with game you know he's i always wish him well and uh I'll do the same this weekend. The big game this weekend against England. Uh, Wales have got a few injury issues. Uh how do you see the game panning out? Um well you lot are going quite well and you it's um you know that's a big win against Thailand I think uh we've I wouldn't say we've struggled but we haven't quite put uh put it all together yet and uh you know that France game a few decisions here and there you know that's the big fella slapping the ball down in the tackle and nothing happened from that was a bit of a bit of a strange run, strange one for me as exactly the same thing happened to our our full back against Bath and he got yellow carded. So, you know, there was uh, you know, looking back at that, it was a bit of a bit of a strange run. But um look, you know, it's not the same fear anymore going to Twickenham like it used to be in like the nineties and the 
you know, the early 2000s. You know, it's not England a good side, but Wales, we play each other so often, you know, a lot of most of our boys are Test Match Lions and they you know, played with a lot of these guys. So it doesn't hold the same fear. They'll know England are a great side. I don't I don't know if there is a good side if the Vinopola boys aren't involved. I think, you know, they're, they're massive for England. But, um, you know, I, I'm lucky enough to win it quite a, a few times with Wales and, um, you know, it's, you know, it's always hard. It's always uh, you know what sort of game you're gonna have to, you know, how you're gonna have to play to beat them. And uh, I've no, I've no doubt uh, Pivac and will uh, and Halloween will get them revved up ready for it. And it's just how they uh, cope with the atmosphere of the day, I think, and the, how, how they cope with England's power. So with Pivac at the helm now, and you're with your coach's hat, just covering the bowl spot at the back, is when you, <laughs> you you see the pressure that he's under. It was never going to be easy, was it? Like, how do you follow someone like Warren Gatland? Then you go into the Guinness Six Nations with a few kind of key injuries. Then you go into, you know, arguably Wales' biggest game against England, which it always is on on the calendar without Dan Bigger as well. How do you think Wayne Pivak's coaching with that? Do you think he's feeling the pressure naturally or do you think there's an understanding so. amongst him and the, t- uh, the other coaches that actually they are in a transition phase? I, like, you you don't get that from the Welsh public. You, you know, the Welsh public will expect the same sort of success we had with Gats. But, you know, Wales didn't win the Grand Slam every year with Gats. They didn't, you know, we... There's a lot of four, four third places. You know, they're not, they don't always win it, so the Welsh public will, you know, they get pretty, uh, they get hard on the on the coaches. But I think, I think the coach Stephen Jones and John Humphreys coming in is, uh, you know, it's massive. It's, uh, you know, two um, outstanding coaches. You know, if you ever, you know, speak to anyone who's been coached for them, and um, obviously having Byron Hayward, you know, done a great job on the Scarlet, but it's Sean's boots, the massive to fill and gats. So it's a. Uh, but no, look, it's going to take time, and um, I'm sure they'll get there uh, soon enough. And then, uh, just going on, on to you, mate. Your nickname's Bomb, isn't it? Yeah. For, for everyone, is there a decent story behind that? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of them where I would have called myself Ice as a nickname. So, have you named yourself or not? Is that is that what's no, happened I was, there? I was in college, and the time there was a uh, wrestler called Adam Bomb, and uh, and that uh, that's literally stuck. It's not the best one, is it? But well, no, actually, it's a good nickname. But the story should. Any of the good nicknames around Wales or the Quinns camp at the minute? I found with England, you always just check like a Y on the end of the surname. Yeah, of course you do, Marley, Goody. Yeah. Or, or you drop something like Sink, or you know, there's nothing too imaginative. Obviously, in Wales, you got Alfie, you got Bomb, you got Shane Williams as River. You know, um, it's different. It's uh, you know, we I think we got a different uh, different level of appreciation of good nicknames than uh, you boys. It's all just. Uh, Check a Y in the end, though. So what you're saying is we're simple and you're quite intelligent when it comes to banter and names. Sounds about right, yeah. Well, I don't get it as well because the guy I'm going to talk about now who's coming to our live show, you said a Y, which is what the English do. So, Powell Lee, Andy Powell. Andy Powell's coming to the the live show. Everyone knows about the golf buggy uh, incident, if you want. We shouldn't celebrate that. We, We can laugh now, but we shouldn't necessarily celebrate it. But... Have you got any good memories around Andy Powell that we can potentially share to the millions of listeners? No, I, I, I'm assuming you've seen the video going around on social media of him, have you? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, we have, mate. Oh. Mate, who's, who's taking his seatbelt off? It's bit, they're denying it, oh. but you can hear the seatbelt beeping. He's hilarious at the 11th. He is. To be fair, even that night, he was um, driving the golf buggy like, down the hill in the Vale, into the front of the Vale Hotel. And it just I don't know what he's trying to do, but he was, uh, yeah, he just, it was obviously something was going to happen that night, and uh, something obviously did. All right, Bomb, thank you very much for coming on the show. Best of luck with the the rest of the season with uh, Harlequins and their uh, bald spot Cheers, on the back of your head, mate. Cheers, buddy. They're the vitamins. Good, good lad. Yeah, good lad. Really good. good he's, he's different, isn't he? Funny bloke. He's a proper rugby man. He is. He'd be one of them where I think you'd need three or four pints of Guinness responsibly and he'd start opening up and telling the stories. He's got plenty of stories as well. Closed book. Wise not to share them. Yes. Yeah, mate, I do like Welsh people and uh, 
Is he still living in Wales? What an absolute machine. Right, living no in Wales. No wonder his hair's disappearing. He's right. rubbing on top of his Range Rover every time he's driving down the motorway. <laughs> living in Wales, travelling back and forth to Guildford. And let me tell you, the service stations are getting an absolute hammering. <laughs> you heard it there, bag of crisps and all sorts. Oh, my back. Yeah. Should we have a look at the Guinness Six Nations? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. yes. Well, there's only two games to talk about. Which one do you want to talk about first? Wales, England? Oh, the coronavirus game. Oh, no, it's cancelled. Highland, Italy. Interesting, isn't it? There's no, nothing come out yet about how they're going to... They ain't rescheduling that. Well, you're writing off the championship. It's like the World Cup, though, isn't it, where they cancelled the games? Well, no, that's different. Why? Because they cancelled the games, but they still didn't affect the outcome to get to the knockout stages. But it affected who they played? Yeah, but we're going to get to... We might get to the end of next week, i.e. the end of the scheduled Six Nations... Ireland have only played four games. When are they going to play it then? Exactly. So well, they're not, how, can, they're not. how can anyone be declared champions? How can anyone lift the Guinness Six Nations trophy? But obviously two games and I'm going to be Scottish in one. You reckon Scotland are going to beat France? No, no, I'm going to back. I, I want, oh. I want, I'm going <laughs> oh, to be Scottish. I'm going to be supporting the Scots there. Eh? Yeah. You can do it. You can do it. Eh? Ah, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. I'm drinking my tea. I, you can do it. Yeah. So They probably can't do it. What do you reckon? Oh, I was thinking God. about this. And I'm trying to work out, have we been a bit harsh on Scotland? Okay, because if no, you no, sum it up have now, you been a bit harsh on Scotland? You, you were mean, Jim. But you sum it up now, right? With three games in, first game, they lose over in Ireland. Close game. Stuart Hogg drops it over the line. Didn't lose the game because of that. But they could have won that game. 19-12 it was. It was 19-12. You're correct, James. Yes. Second game against England. They lose. Another close one. But... It was a complete washout, so you can't I'm liking really this. judge them. And, and then they, they go to Italy, and it and was a poor them. game. It was a poor game. I mean, they nailed them defensively. I mean, what what do you do? Who does that? Wales in, in round one as well. Yeah, all right. Um, so then you're looking at, and they're, oh, there's a doom and gloom because Finn's not there. Who's where's the doom and gloom coming from? Not from, from me. From everyone. Mate. I'm well happy, but I'm sat there thinking, and I'm now convincing myself because England need Scotland to beat France. I'm convincing myself that Scotland can do it. Scotland have beaten France at BT Murrayfield for the last two times. Yeah. And what so, happened after the last time France went to BT Murrayfield? The police got on the plane. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so they ain't going to look forward to this trip. These young halfbacks, Dupont and Untermack, are they going to be used to an absolute howling gale? Last game they played away, they could have lost to Wales, probably should have lost. Grafted through, got the win. The roof was closed. Let's see how your game management is in school, mate, when the bagpipes are blowing and the English want the Scots to win. <laughs> they will be. They'll be blowing. I'm, so I'm convinced myself that Scotland are going to win. I just, on my match point predictor, I might go France. I just don't think we've got a gauge on Scotland yet. That's what I mean. It's hard, isn't it? It is hard because they did so well against <laughs> Ireland, but we know that Ireland probably aren't as good as we thought Ireland were after that last game. Back row, I didn't mention them the week after the Italy game, were ridiculously good. Jamie Ritchie, Hamish Watson and Magnus Bradbury. Yeah. I mean, poor John Barkley. I, I want Barks back in there. Mate, John, he said to me, he can't even, he can't back wipe anymore. No. He's that bad. He's he got to go around the front. And he's got a bad wrist as well. So he has to put the, he has to put a baby wipe on his hand. He can't even grip it. And he has to like try and rotate the baby wipe on his... Well, he told me he's got three B days. We need to get the initial part. The initial part, I oh, think. Got a strong the mass. B- the mass. Trust me, if you've got a strong B-day, it cleans the lot. Oh, really? Yeah. And then he's got this Achilles. It looks, well, it looks like an arm on the back of his leg. He's got that much scar tissue. <laughs> so I think he knows that the end is nigh. Yeah. But it's not about John. No. Nope. Myself and Barkley laid the foundations for Scotland and... Uh, They're still shit. But uh, yeah, I think it's a hard game to call because now Scotland have got the monkey off their back by beating Italy. They know they're probably not going to get the wooden spoon. So there's a bit of a celebration. Finn Russell apparently is dialing into team meetings. I'm cringing. He's phoning into the coaches' meetings. No, he's not. 
with a beer in his hand going, Gregor, I'm still fucking drinking it. Is that? No, that's two. two that's that's three. Right, get off the phone. But yeah, I mean, like the acid test for France was going away from home, winning at the Principality Stadium. Which for me, is that arguably more difficult than Scotland? Yeah, but then... But mentally, cons- where are they? Yeah, and consistency, a word that goes with French rugby very rarely together in the same sentence. And news that's come out while we've been recording this podcast is that game will go ahead this weekend. There was a bit of concern around uh, the France-Scotland game because of coronavirus, but that game will go ahead. Yes, yes. Well, I'm hosting for Royal Bank of Scotland, so the masses in there will be very happy. You're just glad you're getting paid this weekend, eh? Can you speak with a glass of Scotland? Not just can I go, hello, ladies and welcome to BT Murrayfield. I'm Scotland here, a legend. And we're here to witness the game against France and Scotland to put 50 on France. They'll be able to understand that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fine, be fine. That's great. Be fine. How does Scotland win this game, Jim? They need France not to rock up, not being a dick, because if France rock up and they bring their A game, France are too good. They need to take their opportunities when they come along. Their uh, breakdown needs to be immaculate, and the breakdown, I mean, on their ball. And Hastings needs to have a good game and take his points when, when they're on offer. That's it. It's as simple as that. You've got to stop the Scottish condom. Sorry, the guy from Scotland that was born in condom in France. So he's not even Scottish. He's not even Scottish. Say he is. His dad is apparently uh, Gregory Aldrete. Back row battle is going to be amazing, isn't it? Scotland's back row for me is up there with the best in the Guinness Six Nations. Yeah, and the big impact is going to be around the referee, isn't it, Jim? Paul Williams. Yeah, going to be refereeing. Have you heard much of him? Kiwi, isn't he? Andy. Never heard of him. Never Genuine. Heard. Never heard of him. Well, he's not a player, so you know, arrogant Kiwis don't even know their own. Well, refs. Mate, I've never heard of him, but don't worry because you have got Wayne Barnes and you have got Frank Murphy. Yes, me old touch judge. Yeah, he's in there. Me old skinny legs. Legend. My old neighbor. Good looking boy though. What Frank Murphy? Yeah, I think he is. Well, it depends if you like someone that needs factor seventy right. to even walk out your house. If you were going to name a fit fifteen referee, oh it, well, yeah, the most referees are absolutely <laughs> hanging there, aren't they? <laughs> let's, be, let's be honest. Well, Luke Pierce loves his tan as well. Luke Pierce would be in there. He loves definitely. It. He, he loves it. I'm going Frank. He always looks. You watch him; he'll be groomed with an inch of his life. He looks good. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting. But as an Englishman, I desperately want Scotland to win. Come on, Scotland! Come on, Scotland! Is there anything with this France team where you think that maybe they don't have the game management, or they, that they have had the game management in, in the Guinness Six Nations so far? Well, they've got X Factor players everywhere, haven't they? So they can carve up. Unter Max been one of the stars so far. Dupont makes breaks for fun. Their quality, but there's always that question mark around the French, you know. And maybe it's changing because they got that win in Wales, but they could have lost that game. Um, but their beliefs growing, and when you've got someone like Sean Edwards in there, he'll have to be talking to them about that. Even though it's not an area of his game, he's going to be talking about defence, and you don't want to be defending your own twenty-two if you're chucking the ball around when you want to fucking boot it, put leather on ball, and fucking smash it along, and then defend line, get intensity, and then easy bags. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you expect what we've seen the first three games them to have the ability to win that game, but I'm just clinging on to the fact that England need. France to lose and Scotland to win, so we're in it. Let's have a look at uh, England v Wales. 30 points to England, easy. How arrogant, hey Jim? But maybe true, Andrew. Oh, James. Yes, we are back. We, James, we. I feel for Wayne Pivak. And now you've not got bigger root, who's going to be playing 10 for them? Jared Evans is the only fit 10 currently playing in Wales. uh, There you go. So So Reese Patchell's nearly back, I hear. Would they throw him straight in? No, you can't. So my point being, you're going into a test match in England. You've lost against Ireland away. You've lost against France at home. Some people say controversially. At least uh, the referee ain't getting an ear bashing this week off Bigaroo if he's not fit. Yeah. I mean, there's more of that this weekend. So from a Wales perspective, the thing you hear 
from Welsh people a lot, and most people from other countries that aren't England, is is the biggest game on the calendar. Yeah, I just think it's going to be too difficult for them. Yeah. I, I can't see them winning. Do you know what I mean? So when I go onto my Guinness match point predictor, I don't think I'm even thinking about which box to click. Oh, it's England all day long. It is. It's just a matter of how much and whether Wales can confront up and make it more difficult. For me, this will be so comfortable for England, yeah. I reckon. And you look at momentum. Momentum's massive, isn't it? So we're getting back players fit now. Manu comes back against Ireland. Henry Slade's fit again. Anthony Watson's fit again. Yeah. You know, Mako Vanapola's back, yeah. back from Tonga. Does he come straight back in? I don't know. I don't know. How fit is he? Like, we don't know what's happened. He's gone back to Tonga. Yeah. And generally, when the lads come back from being home, and I've seen Mako and Belly up close. Six they, kilos? Yeah, they have to. They put on a bit of weight. So how fit is he? But Marla played well. Marla played very well. Because he and, sorted his lead out. Yeah, because he shaved his bonds off. But well, Mate, great shape skull. Yeah, I thought he, I, I, he didn't look right to me. No? I thought he looked... Too white. He should have put a bit of fake tan on it. Maybe he'll do that great. against Wales. Matt, I don't. I think what he's done is he's got a swim hat on there. Swimming That's out, what yeah. I think it is. Yeah. But you've got to have Genge on the bench because he's just been. Oh, he's been carving up phenomenal uh, off the bench for England. So I don't know. Does Mako go straight back in? Probably not. I'm going to say no. Yeah, you know, I can't wait to watch Marrow against Alan Wynn because they're two. Uh, and, and Jim, you know more about this than they're than two most. brothers. They're two proper nauses, like grabbers, pushers, five people holding them down in the in the, in the rucks and all this stuff. Get involved in malls. I reckon there could be some... A bit some of, man bags. Well, yeah, a, a bit of just grabbing. A lot of grabbing. There's a lot no, of grabbing. I mean, there, there won't be any punches like we saw in the Guinness Pro 14 at the weekend, which we'll come to later. Did you call them punches? I mean, he socked one of them in the mouth, didn't he? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just think Wales are... Their momentum's going one way and England is going the other. Yeah, the Guinness Match Pint Predictor is back for the Six Nations on the Match Pint app and you can win pints of Guinness each week during the tournament as well as match tickets and much more, all by just predicting the outcome of the Guinness Six Nations fixtures each week. It's not too late to download the free Match Pint app and enter the code RUGBYPOD to join our league and go up against Jim and Goody like 4,000 other listeners have done already. Round four is up for this weekend, so let's find out who you guys are going for and by how much in each game well do you know what I thought about this and I'm something like 3,000th and something in the league so I'm pretty bad this year shall I just go like Wales to win by 50 yeah and Scotland to win by 50 you've got to peel it back and then try and finish last or first yeah I'm struggling this year so Jim you're the star at this oh, I, oh, you're, oh yeah I am you're yeah, the star I mean, at this this year yeah, the Guinness yeah, match point yeah, predictor you're yeah. doing well well I'm humble and uh, I don't like to go but I am absolutely killing it this year I'll be honest um I'll go England versus Wales. England by... It's going to be tighter than we think because I think Wales will rock up. 15. That's tight. That's tight to what, compared to what it could potentially be. Mm. Yeah, England by 18, I'm going to go. And Scotland at home against oh, France. Man. Go on, Jim. You're winning, so you go first. He's going to go against his countrymen. I am. Oh, you're horrible, Jim. You're I horrible. Am. I can only go based on what I've seen, right? Scotland by three. Hey, genuine. <laughs> To find, to find genuine, genuinely will be when you see my Guinness match point predictor when we've seen an, the hour, teams. an hour before the game. When we've seen the teams. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, it's not I mean, what you want, it's what you think. Scotland by six. Come on, Scotland. We've had loads of questions about the new TV rights rumours that are floating around at the moment. We've, we've just got time to go through one of them. Now, Will Got Gamers tweeted in with CVC's 
investment into Six Nations, pushing for more money from broadcasters and making it potentially out of reach for terrestrial TV, is there a danger that some investors aren't looking at the good of the game and growing the sport and are looking to double their money quicker? Oh, there's a lot of debate around this. And I tweeted yesterday... No. Yes, an article that Ruby pasted. Then I revoked my tweet. No, never I delete did, a yeah. tweet. Yeah, well, I just... I just Stick I, with it, Jim. Yeah, what, I, what you believe in, just go with it. I put something funny around it, saying that who was going to commentate, as in that's all I thought was important. But then a lot of people saying to me, but, you know, they're going to have to dig deep to put their hands in their pocket for subscription service. And... I understand that, but the day and the age that we live in, unfortunately, for other sports that I want to watch, UFC being a big one, you have to pay for Sky, you have to pay for BT, and then now you have to pay for a pay-per-view on top of that. Boxing's exactly the same, football the same. So unfortunately, I don't agree with it. I think that it should be free. I think that watching sport should be free or at least one subscription that you, you should pay for and then you get access to it all. But that isn't the world that we live in. If but you it, look at like the um, Southern Hemisphere, they need the television rights to actually fund the, to, for the money. They need it. Do you guys actually need it over here? Th- that's the big question. Now, we don't know the ins and outs of what's being talked about. And there's always a sensational headline. You know, I've messaged the guy at Sky and, you know, basically saying, is there a job? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, of course, there's going to be a balance to it. As the game is growing and, you know, all the people... Like you said, when you sum it up as eloquently as James Hamilton just did, you talk about you, you want to watch Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder, you got to pay for it. You know, this is the world we're in. Netflix, again. That, American sort of sports. American sports are, are like that. Now, do, do we agree with it or do we have to just go with it because that's what's happening? I think the, th- the big thing is that CVC are involved and people are worried about what they're trying to do. And this isn't necessarily me or Jim. This is the average punter. Are they just going to try and monetize it as much as possible and then rip the money out uh, and and as private equity funds do you know they did it with formula one etc etc they're in it to make money and there's this whole thing about sport is emotion as well so there's a balance between you know you joe public on the street who wants to watch the six nations you know the premiership rugby is behind a paywall you have to have bt sport if you're a dedicated fan that's what is there is now an expectation of it so you're going to lose people if it goes behind a paywall of course you are but growing the game in terms of numbers, terrestrial on TV is one thing, but growing the game, funding the game, and we've all seen wages have gone up and the cost of everything, and, and every sport is driven by the money that comes in through TV rights around the world. Mainly. It wouldn't be what it is without that. Where's the money? So it goes hand in hand. That That's the way it seems to be going. The issue you've got is around growing the game, and they're, they're the interactions that I've seen online. There was a really interesting one that I saw around Wales. Now, the demographic of Wales live for rugby. Having been there last Thursday, it's the heartbeat of the country, especially now that they've lost a little bit of industry. Paying for Sky is expensive. Mm. You know what I mean? It's a lot of money. Like, you know, you look at it, you, you look at your direct debits that come out, there's a lot of money involved. And then on top of that, like mentioned, like you've got the BT Sport to get the Prem. If you want to watch the Guinness Pro 14, you've got to get Premier TV. You know, and then if you want everything on top. So everyone's so used to having access to rugby for free, which is obviously lovely. But unfortunately, it is money, money, money. I did think about the Welsh show yesterday. I had roast lamb. I was very disappointed in myself, though. Why? Well, I've made it all. Lemon sauce. I, I, I could have cried. You wanted more sugar, you mean? Yeah, I man. had to go with the old horseradish on lamb. It just doesn't go. Oh, no. It just does not go. <laughs> But, Why I is mean, it called horseradish? Is there is there horse in it or not? 
Are you serious? Why is it called horseradish? Is he serious? I'm being bloody serious. Why is it called horseradish? A horseradish is what it's made out of. There is something called a horseradish, James. A horse? That's what I'm saying. There's a radish and there's horseradish. My word. I mean, I, I, thought, I thought you were taking the pish. No, I swear to God, I was not taking the pish. I didn't think there was horse in it, obviously. But I didn't think that. I, didn't, I did not think there was a vegetable called horseradish. Oh, I'll James. be honest, and I'm a well-educated human these no, days. No, you're not. Speaking of your intelligence, Jim, we've got a new feature, don't we? Yes, we have. We have, and as we had a segment before that went really well, it was called Japan through Jim's Eye, also known as Jim's Japsai. It's been dormant my life ever since. So we found a new segment, and because I'm well-educated, we just spoke about it there about the horseradish. Blows my mind. I'm still amazed. Are you serious? You didn't swear on my life. There we go. And anyway, that's why we're doing this segment. We are. So the name is Jim Will Solve It. Every week we're going to bring to the table, we're going to bring something that needs solving. It could be a riddle. Yeah. Every week, Andy Rowe is going to bring a riddle to the table. Riddle me this, riddle me that. If I get it right, we'll see Tim's pill. He'll eat no, some yeah, cat food. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, we're not going to see a pill back. You can eat some cat food. And we'll see if I can okay. get it right. I'm a well-educated man. I'm a well-travelled man. Multilingual. Multilingual. These things around the table, I don't generally do well at. What I do well at is like, would you rather? Like, would you rather stick a pin through your foot or your eye? Like, them ones I can answer. The riddle is not so good. (laughs) And if the millions out there, if you have any on social media, send them in and I will solve it. Jim will solve it. Hit me. Okay, so this is a riddle. Two fathers and two sons sit down for breakfast together. They eat three eggs in total. Each of them have one egg each. Solve this riddle. Right. So you've got two fathers two and fathers. two sons. Four people. They eat three eggs in total. So there's only three eggs. Each of them have one egg. Well, someone has to share an egg then, do they? So they eat three eggs in total. Yeah. I mean, are they... Can you get Can you get twin eggs or not? I mean, I'm trying to work out... I mean, I've got it. So I'm trying to solve the riddle. Yeah. So is the riddle the fact that someone's left hungry? I don't think it's that, James. Two fathers and two sons. So four people. Sit down for breakfast together. So they're sat down. Are they on their knees or are they, they, they're sitting on chairs? They're sitting on chairs. Right, so I'm trying to solve the riddle here along the way, yeah? They ate three eggs in total. With knife and fork or just their mouth? With a teaspoon. Okay. You're confusing yourself here, Jim. No, I'm trying to work out the riddle. There might be something in, okay. in what I say. Each of them have one egg each. Yeah. Yeah, that's the end. So your first thing you said was where you got it wrong, James. You oh, say, how do two fathers have two sons? No, Jim. You're what? still not getting it. So you said two fathers, two sons. Yeah. Which is four people. Yeah. If you've got a grandfather, a father, and a son, technically, you've got two fathers because there's the grandfather, three people. There's only three people, Jim. There you, you blow, go. You blow my mind. There you, you go, James Hamilton. And there's, there's, only, there's three eggs and they get an egg each. There we go. Well, this is a riddle me this, riddle me that. Today, we're not going to see Jim's peel back. Peel back. That's I like feature. that. That's good. I mean, that was a hard one though. First up, no, it wasn't. No, no. I thought it was hard. No. Well, that throws you. If someone's saying two and two, you're thinking four. What? But what point are you thinking two and two equals three? It's like when you do an IQ test. They're the sort of questions that that's, mm. that's top notch. Mate, people I t- get. I'm fifty fifty. Pin in the foot, pin in the eye. What are you going for? <laughs> Straight in the foot. Should we have a look at the rumor mill? Oh, I, let's. Well, I'm going to throw a Chris Ashton one out there. Go on then. Who's got loads of cash that might not be in the sphere of rugby union? Toronto Wolfpack. There we Ooh. go. What's Ashley's background? There's a salary cap thing. No, just run away. Go and play for Toronto. Toronto Wolfpack, maybe. That's what I said, HMRC. Yeah, yeah. With Sonny Bill. Ashley, maybe to Toronto Wolfpack. 
I'm still waiting to, for him to confirm to me. He hasn't messaged me back, but we know he's lied to me. Quinn's was a rumour, but he's denied it, so you can only take that at face value. Mm. Do you know what face value is, Jim? Yeah. It's the bottom line price, isn't it? See what I've done there, because it's not your face, it's your bottom. <laughs> it's there another riddle, mate. Yeah. We're, we're using them all up. Riddle-tastic. Any other rumours, Jim? Big Willy, Little Willy. Oh, Skelton. what? Yeah, yeah. I think Leaving he's off the Saracens? To, yeah, with that moustache, yeah. I think I think he's off to France. No. Let's talk of La Rochelle. I mean, I mean any, whoever's paying him the most, yeah, pay him. He's I, worth pay it. him. He's good. He's good. Yeah, he'll go down real well in France. Yeah, he will if right. they keep him fit. That's the way it could go the other way, couldn't it? Well, that's why if he goes to La Rochelle, I mean, him and Weenie Antonio in La Rochelle. Oh, my word, Weenie ain't Weenie, is he? Well, no, he's got a Weenie, big Weenie, little Weenie. There we go. See, because I've done big Willie, little Willie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, La Rochelle. So Ronan O'Gara, he'll keep him fit. He'll keep him on the straight and narrow. Anything else floating around? Richard Wigglesworth, maybe back Ooh. to sale. Could see that. Yeah, yeah. He's, see that. Obviously, that's where he started out. They might tap into his coaching ability as well. Salary cap question as well. He knows how to get around it. You were saying that... No, I'm not saying oh, anything. I I don't, I've, you, you didn't notice I don't say them words. Yeah. Well, shall we finish things off with the goo, the bad and the ugly, which is brought to you this week by Suns, isn't it, Goody? Yeah, I've been using their products again this week and it's probably going to take three months to see the proper results, but I reckon I'm looking better already. Jim, how have you been using yours? Just taking the pills. No, and I've been putting the moose on my head as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd been lid cut and um, genuinely, which I thought was offensive. And if the guy wasn't holding scissors, I would have got up and uh, put the suede on him. He said, have you thought about a hair transplant as I sat down? <laughs> Mate, the vitamins that you got with Sons and the product you're using, that will sort that barnet right out. Can you see a change in me or not? Um, your arms have got smaller. No, well, they haven't. They've got bigger. I've been doing triceps like Stephen Ferris said. I've not done biceps now for about three months. <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. And now I can't even straighten my arms. Sons are a men's health brand that helps guys with one of the key health issues that they don't often talk about, how to keep their hair. They provide a range of pharmaceutically licensed and medically proven products for preventing hair loss that deliver results in 9 out of 10 men for a reasonable monthly cost with no hidden costs or charges. You can take the free online consultation with specialist physicians in less than two minutes and their pharmacy will deliver to you within days. So show hair loss who's boss and go to sons.co.uk and use the code RugbyPod10 to get your first month for just 10 quid. That's S-O-N-S.co.uk and the code is RugbyPod10. So go and check them out. Yeah, plenty of good as ever uh, in the world of rugby this week. Uh, we're going to start off in the uh, Gallagher Premiership and we're going to talk about Sale. They've got rid of Ashy. That's not the good, but... They did make a big statement, beating Gloucester down at King's Home on Friday evening, 23-17. They're now second in the Premiership. That's good to see. What else was good? Wasps, of course. The mighty Wasps. Going down to London Irish, back-to-back five-pointers, winning 36-26. And specifically, two players, Dan Robson, on fire. Scored one, created one, brilliant play. Uh, made some dashing breaks. Um, he's blown his hair off again, uh, but he was on form. And also, a young Jack Willis, 20 carries. And three turnovers. He is developing into one hell of a player and a guy that hopefully Wasps will build the club around. Just a shame that at the minute, England are well stocked in that position. Uh, what else was good? Let's go over to uh, France, shall we? Do you go to France, Jim? The top yeah, 14? Yeah, yeah, why not? And we'll start with Pooh. Uh, Poe, sorry, Poe. Uh, they feature in the good this week. Uh, they've been in the bad quite a lot, having lost seven on the spin. But they beat Montpellier 19-15 at the weekend to get their season back on track and try and move away from the relegation zone. So good for Poe. Uh, what else was good in the top 14? Breathe, the mighty Breathe. Oh, my breath. Oh, my old team. Breathe. 30 points to 16 winners over high-flying Leon. 
Lyon second the league. Um, they were outstanding in that victory. Breve were under a bit of relegation pressure as well, so a big victory for them. Uh, let's go over to the Guinness Pro 14. And Leinster's DT, whatever team it is, they are still unbeaten. 55-19 winners over the Glasgow Warriors. A pretty full-strength Glasgow Warriors, actually. Mate, they were going there, mate. They were going there for it. They were. And oh, they, my Leinster. Who takes 50? <gasps> Leinster's D-team, but specifically, Ryan Baird. 20 years old, a second row. How fast. Reminded me of a young Jim Hamilton back in the day against India. You know, you like the Indians couldn't tackle you when you ran. You caught the kickoff and ran 60. Yeah. Uh. They couldn't tackle you because, obviously, they'd never seen a freak like it in their lives. This guy, Ryan Baird, has ran one in from 50. Not only has he ran one in from 50, but he's skinned George Horny, Horny, Horny. Yeah. And Hugh Jones has pinned his ears back trying to catch him. No, 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 my friend. He's got wheels. It's no biggie. You can see I'm not even flinching. I, I mean, yeah. He's going to be some player, that kid. He got a hat-trick anyway, so uh, outstanding from him. Uh, what else was good? Let's talk about Gloucester and their Be Kind initiative uh, around the game on Friday night against Sale. It wasn't a great result for Gloucester, but... A lot of good stuff that he did around the Samaritans as well. So big shout to them. Um, we mentioned him earlier. Mark Lambert, 250th game for Quinns. Yeah. Adam Jones talked about him. So it's a real emotional moment for him with his family and his kids. Uh, but to get the victory and to play 250 games for any club is a phenomenal achievement. Well, I think um, to play 250 games full stop yeah. is massive, isn't it? I mean, I did 200 for Leicester and then loads for other clubs. But fair play to him. Uh, with a rig like that, he's like a walrus, isn't he? So uh, He's like a, what, a walrus? A walrus, yeah. What's a walrus or a walrus? A walrus. Oh my word! It depends where you come from. I'm walrus. Walrus. <laughs> walrus. You're a walrus. There a you walrus. Go. Uh, anyway, so big ups to Mark Lambert for his 250th game for Harlequins. What else was good? We'll go over to the top 14 again. Oh my Finn Russell, Rassing absolutely spanked La Rochelle 49 nil at the La Défense Arena. The magician was at it again, wasn't he? Just carving up. And then he's on the phone in the evening. Oh, my cringe. In the coaches, mate. <laughs> hey, Greg, Surely that ain't true. Hey, Gregor, come pick me up. No, no, no. Can he do? Can he do? Can he do? Three, you're out. You can go on the tour to New Zealand in the summer. Eh? Oh, no, I don't want to do that. We'll get a 50 put on us, mate. Eh? Anyway, he's carving up in Paris. Um, so, Rassing on fire again. Uh, but the good this week, we're going back to the Premiership. And the good this week has to go. We mentioned them earlier. Bristol's. Oh, Bristol. Uh, their first win down at the wreck since 2006. They've now won four on the spin. They're looking good. Callum Sheedy on fire with the old show and go. Crossfield kick without breaking stride. Do you reckon I could have ever done anything like that in my life? Yes. No. Uh, so a big shout out to Bristol's. They get the good this week and are marching up that table. Uh, the bad. That was a bit of bad, actually. Um, we'll, we'll st- we mentioned it. Glasgow's first team, Glasgow Warriors' first team, getting their absolute pants pulled down up in Dublin uh, against Leinster's D team. Uh, plenty of Scotland internationals in there. Uh, what else was bad? Adam Leal, the referee. This ain't bad. This is good. I no, mate. They, they, we, we talk about player safety and player welfare and tackle heights. You cannot tackle as a referee with your forearm and your whistle into the throat of Jamie Shilcock. You just can't. You know, he should have red carded himself. How funny would that have been if he'd have given it the old TMO and ju- check for the tackle? Well, I think Leicester put it up on the big screen. <laughs> did, yeah. They did. So, uh, I thought no. it was a great shot, mate. Um, I just don't know where to go now. I've got to give it to him. you got to. There's another bad, though, before I get to that. Did anyone see Toulouse Vianu's hair? Oh, I mean, what is that? <laughs> Mr. T. I mean, he's making meters for fun. You best win if you've got that. That is all I'm <laughs> it's saying. It's one of them. You best be good and you best win. He's done both. He's carved. I think he made the most meters this weekend in the Premiership. But 
I mean, Mel you have to, wouldn't you? Mel, you're going to have to. Mr. Oh, T, Lid, what are you thinking? Um, so that was pretty bad. Uh, but the bad this week has got, it's got to go to Christoph Ridley. I tweeted about it. Of course I did. I get you've made a mistake, but you cannot then give a penalty try to win a game for a team when it's not a clear and obvious penalty try. Adam Jones disagreed. He even messaged me, as you heard earlier. He's like, I, I, I think it was a penalty try and a fair result, but... The result, in the end, they got there. But you cannot decide a game on giving a penalty try just because you've made an error before. So unfortunately, Christoph Ridley, he gets the bad for his penalty try decision. And then the ugly. Uh, only one ugly thing I could find this weekend, and that's Sam Lousy throwing haymakers and getting sent off for Scarlets against Munster. Clipping boys for fun. You just can't throw punches anymore, can you, James? You've got to throw them properly if you're going to throw them. That's what I think. He'd have knocked you square out with one of them. My word, I wouldn't have even flinched (laughs) with them two there. But he's lost his head, hasn't he? He's lost his head. He's gone one, he's gone two, and you may as well walk off. (laughs) Just bang, bang. You're going Have a shower with your pip. That's about it, mate. (laughs) Really. So the ugly this week goes to Sam Lousy. Lousy. Thanks, Goody. And you've got a shout out to finish off with, haven't you? Oh, uh, yeah, a big shout out to, I don't know how you say it, but Talact RFC uh, in South Dublin who are hosting their first ever home final against Terranura RFC on the 14th of March and they're aiming to secure their first ever back-to-back league titles. So they're big listeners to the pod. Uh, good luck in the final and for the night out in Copperface Jacks afterwards, no doubt. If you want me and Jim Hamilton there. It will cost you 10 grand. <laughs> we'll come. <laughs> I'm joking. Well done, boys. imagine that. Thanks, Goody. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Producer Tim. And thank you for listening as well. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. Horseradish. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. Pod, pod, pod.